You're listening to It's Not a Show with Tara Francisco and Rance Rizzuto. They're usually performers, but today they're just pals. And it's not a show. Hey! Hey! <laughs> hey, it's episode six, Tara. Can you believe it? I can believe it, believe it or not. Can you oh. believe that I can believe it or not? I can't believe that you can believe it or not. Welcome to It's Not a Show, the only show that isn't. (laughs) (laughs) We've been working on slogans. That one's not going to take. Nope. Nope. We'll try another episode seven. We'll give another shot. We'll get back back into the the brain. uh, What's that called? All I can think of is brainwashing, brainstorming. There we go. Back into the brainstorm tank. Yeah, this is going great so far. Yeah. Look, you got to leave all mistakes because mistakes are gifts. So we're just going to leave them in, everybody. I just am glad you're here. Hey, we have uh, we have subscribers now. This is exciting. Tara, things are happening. We have subscribers. We have people leaving uh, positive reviews. Our podcast is uh, in multiple places that people can download it. That might be what they would typically use to download their podcast for their listening pleasure. Your voice is amazing right now. Keep going. Yeah, there's uh, we've we've had two live episodes on streaming where people were there. He just he just keeps going up until he pops like a balloon. That has no live audience. And (laughs) there he goes. We have we have five this, we have five episodes, uh, three of which are out right now in the time we're recording this, which is so exciting. Our third one just dropped today, and I mm-hmm. saw that we surpassed our goal. We have a really strong debut. Everything's exciting. We kind of did this just for fun, but it's cool that it's making people happy. That's the hope. That's the hope. Uh, I mean, that's isn't that our main hope? Typically, like I feel like every project that Tara and I are involved in. Uh, Mostly has the goal of make people happy. Yeah, agreed. Isn't that nice? Maybe we should, like, if ever we feel like in a funk, maybe it's just like we do that one project to just really piss people off. (laughs) Yeah, we should should really just attack this from a different angle and just see what it's like to just be disparaging and and, and harmful. You know, that's not Mm -hmm. our brand. Let's just see what it feels like on the other side. That's not our brand. That's not in our, like in our makeup. That's not in our souls, in our hearts. But like, you know, people say that every two years or so, you should like try a new hobby just to see what's out there. Like, I don't think we've really hit the market of just like make, just like promote and create hate. So like. Oh gosh, I don't think we need to do that. I just think that we could probably be, you know, if we turn into major cynics or uh, uh, what's the thing I always say wrong, Rance, the uh, us. Full mm, that half glass empty. Yeah. Do I say half glass empty? I feel like I know the actual term is everyone. I just for some reason spoonerism, the beginning of it, almost every time I ever say it. You you do there's like why? I wonder there's just a couple things that Tara does that too. And another one is Mm -hmm. just to give a little insight if you've ever been to uh, a theater and you think to yourself, man, it's cold in here. Um, you're correct because it, it it promotes laughter. It promotes feeling like wanting to be energized. Whereas if it's at all in the realm of warm, it immediately turns into a stuffy environment. So you'd rather have a cold theater than a, than a warm one. And typically the, the saying is cold equals comedy. 
and Tara will flip that one around. Sometimes the comedy equals cold. (laughs) I just like a real cold comedy. I like to make sure that no one's hot. I like to make sure that all my content is chilly like ice. Cold equals comedy. Yeah. Equals cold. That's the way. I, I wonder why that is. I don't think I have any other things like that, but those two are locked in as the reverse. And there's no, like, it's not like a deal breaker. A breaker deal. Oh. <laughs> hey, uh, Tara and I watch these YouTubes of this guy who does puzzles just because it's a nice, like, wind down kind of, like, sit and watch someone do a hard puzzle. Can we take a time out there before you go on about this? Yeah. I think you sound like the most incredible couple right now that it's, oh, just, you know what? We just, we cozy up. We watch a good puzzle someone else is doing. Yeah. We're not doing it ourselves. Oh, just the wild nights around this place. Yeah. Are, it's too much. Look, I used to party real hard. Rance watched me. And we... I would I would watch videos of Tara partying hard while I was coming <laughs> up. Right. As friends, yes. Friends often there, not partying as hard, but still there having a good time. And um, I'll tell you what, those party days have given way to cozy days. I enjoy it. I enjoy it. I enjoy cozying. I think I've always something I've discovered about myself during the shelter in place. Maybe many other people feel the same way. I I'm definitely extroverted in disposition. I think people would say I'm an extrovert, but I think what I'm discovering is I'm an introvert that has extroverted properties. Like I know how to hold space or have a good party, but I really need to shut down to decompress. So yeah, I'll watch a puzzle at night. I'll watch a guy. I don't know solve an extremely hard puzzle at night sometimes yeah. because it's so it's just so chill and i i consider myself a non-conformist introvert where it's like i'm fine being by myself and i i don't care like i don't i don't get any sort of like negative sti- stigma For, as example when i was uh i like uh alone time and when i was i think 11 or 12 and this is gonna this is gonna date me ghostbusters came out i rode my bike 10 miles to the Westgate cinema to see the very first noon showing of it. And I was by myself in this theater with like barely any other people because it was a noon release on a Thursday, I think. (laughs) So it was like me and four people watching this brand new movie called Ghostbusters. Have I mentioned that Rance is 81 years young? Yeah. I rode my bike because cars hadn't been invented yet. And I didn't own a horse. What a day. Oh, Rance, you know what's fun about this? You're actually spoiling a question. That's going. I am. Yes, isn't that exciting? Rance never sees the debatables before we get to the debatable section. I barely see them. I just kind of curate and grab a couple. But one of them is going to lean into this kind of idea that you're at. That's that's funny that you did that. It's not directly so, but you'll understand what I mean when we get there. I can't wait. This is insane. This is the second time it's happened, and there's even as we started this, there's no way that I thought, you know what, I'm going to tell my Ghostbuster story. No, no, just that you're talking about like old timey things. We'll, we'll we'll get to that in a moment. Sure. Um, hey, you know what was really fun this past weekend? What? Well, there's two things. We had a social distancing soiree. Ah, uh, yes. We got our family together for a six foot aparter. Uh, I would say even farther aparter because we have some immunocompromised people in my family. My family is here in Seabus. That's part of the reason we moved home is we wanted to be close to family and kind of help the community here get uh, an improv theater on its feet. And it's been awesome for the most part too. We really love it here and we love Chicago. So it was, it was a, a scary leap to do that, but it, it turns out it was a very fortunate leap 
for us, not only because we can tour our regular shows and teaching from Columbus, which is great, but also Columbus is a cool place to live. Not that Chicago wasn't, but there's just a lot of access to a lot of things. There's 2 million people. It's really big. It's a big city that doesn't feel big. It's very artsy. Lots of progressive folks here that are fun. Lots of um, educators. It's really, really cool. We have dogs, et cetera. My family's here. Anyway, we usually send my family, I'd say once a week. Do you think that's typical, Rance? You mean pre? pre, yeah, pre, pre yeah. Yeah, definitely. And we haven't been able to really see anyone, but my, but my mom, who's in our bubble. Let's define our bubble. Our bubble is literally the day that everyone was uh, like, maybe we should all stay in. We had gone out to lunch with with Tara's mom. So we were all like, if we've got it, we three have it. So we're in a bubble together. Mm -hmm. And that was very fortunate because we've had a lot of great visits with my mom, which which has been cool. Like we could bring her groceries or order things and she would cook dinner on Sundays and we'd just hang out and gab or whatever. So that was, that was a nice alleviation of things. I hope, I hope people also feel like, I don't know, this is a crazy time. So I hope that you, if you don't have someone in your bubble, I hope you have someone you can call in your bubble because it sure is important just to keep that happiness alive and remember people are out there and they're doing things and they're also not doing things, not doing things is equally as important during this time, just to kind of give yourself a little reset. Yeah. On on Sunday, we had a little brunch, I guess I would call it. Yeah. It was a little breakfasty gathering. Our sister-in-law, Hey, I'm just going to like shameless throw in plug. It has a company called share cuterie and she, she puts together these wonderful little platters of snacks and she did not disappoint They're typically when she does her business, they're all like meats and cheeses and berries and stuff. Uh, but when we were there, they also went and there was like this wooden board handcrafted on the table oh, with a, with just a smattering of uh, egg and sausage McMuffins and, <laughs> and breakfast hash browns from McDonald's. We want to be very clear here that charcuterie does not own or is a subsidiary of Mickey D's, uh, yeah. but they were there. I hadn't had a McDonald's thing for, I'd say years at this point too. So oh. a little treat, but it was, it was really fun to like, just sit around and gab and, and I keep saying gab. Oh, we just love to gab, but just have some coffee and chill. We sat in the garage, which was, we were going to sit in the patio, but it was kind of rainy. So it was a beautiful, I'm Italian surprise. So it was rants, but I'm, I'm definitely immersed in the Italian familial. Uh, that's how I grew up. And we used to go out and sit in garages constantly as as an Italian family. I would love to hear if this is also a thing that other Italian families do, because in our, in our heads, this is wildly Italian to get a lawn chair, open the garage door and sit in the garage and like, look at the neighborhood. This was definitely a thing that happened a lot for me as a kid with my elders. And so we did that and it felt so, it felt so nice just to like sit around and feel connected and and playful and silly and yeah masks on and having fun if you're if you happen to be one of those people who's like your your living situation is currently that you're by yourself and you're also trying to trying to stay safe and social distance and mask and stuff that you're part of the reason why we're even doing this thing right now is like part of our help people out is make things that are entertaining to like kill the old time away when when uh we're in situations that are weird yeah weird and we've got your back that's what this is all about right is let's have a little joy let's have a little dang joy out there and um speaking of speaking of another joyful thing if i may having nothing to do with the time that we're in uh, a deer 
came up to our front door last night and got caught on our ring camera. Yeah. So Rance has footage of this beautiful deer walking up to our door in the city. Little tiny baby antlers, little little tiny, sweet, fuzzy little antlers just coming up to our, our flowers and chomping them right in our little flower bed. We couldn't be happier. We were just, you know what? That deer doesn't know where it is. Chomp away. I tell you what, I don't, I'm not a big fan of yard work. So like the more you can trim, the better. <laughs> yeah, this is a service as far as we're concerned. We have a nice little flower bed up front. We never thought we'd have a house. I don't think Grants or I as city dwellers for so long in Chicago. And then when we got here, we we got a, a little house for ourselves and it has a yard and it's it's exciting, but it's also for people that have lived in a major metropolis the the majority of their lifetime so far. It is so strange to be like, I guess this is our house. We have a, oh, we have a tree in the front yard we should take care of. Oh, there's plants. We don't, no one takes care of these. We do. Oh, okay. Okay. There's so many different things going on, not just in the house, but around the house that are like, oh, I, I'm the one in charge of that. Oh, I see. Oh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. I gotcha. Yeah, that's a real wake up call when that's not been a thing. This is a very privileged, exciting thing for us, but it's, it's exciting too, to be like, I guess I, cut the grass today yeah i don't know i don't prefer it in 90 degree weather so i'll, no. I'll just wait for the next 70 degree day oh that'll be in three months well yeah. sorry yard <laughs> sorry how about that deer though rance were you losing your mind when you saw it the first time well here's the thing tara and i uh we have uh, we have two apple trees and a peach tree in our backyard and you know what the very first year we were here we had a ton of peaches and then I haven't seen them since. And so I, I looked it up. I pruned them right. Uh, and we had a bunch of peaches show up on a tree and some on the apple. I was like, yes. And we also had this section of our yard that we had to like uh, get rid of an old garden box. And I had it sectioned off and was planting new seed. I was like, this is great. And in the seed area, in that dirt, I saw some deer hoof marks. What? And I thought, how? Do they get over it? So somehow they're getting over. But yeah, fence, baby, they don't. They don't care. Deer don't. Deer don't care. They're just like. Like it surprised me. But let me say this: of all the some odd thirty to forty peaches that I saw on that tree, never saw a one of them. No, never. We think that the deer are jumping the fence, chomping those peaches, taking a hike. That's yeah. my guess. We have we have raspberries, we have blackberries, we have peaches, we have apples. None are there. None. <laughs> None. They didn't fall off the branch. They didn't fall on the ground. Gone. So not only are the deer eating them at deer level, the deer are scaling the tree <laughs> and, and chomping from the top. Yeah. I found like a rope and an odd harness that didn't look like it would fit a human. So it's probably <laughs> using some sort of pulley system to get up to the higher branches. Yeah. Have you ever seen like scaffolding made for deer? That's what we have. And we don't know how it got there. Yeah. <laughs> oh man i wish that was real i wish we could go outside super early in the morning and see a deer just like shimmying up a branch yeah. chomping it Tara, chomping. tell me tell me that deer in climbing gear relates to one of the questions like that would have been <laughs> no it does not wow what synchronicity that would be yeah i maybe we can find a way to tie it in but i don't think that it's going to be an easy one I bet you I'll I'll try my hardest. I want to find out what they are. Can we get to the questions? I want to find out. Get to those debatable. Debatables. Question one. Question number one. Rance. 
from Sean Olsta in Phoenix, Arizona. Okay. They ask, which Spice Girl are you? Oh, man. Here we go. This is exciting for me because I don't know. I'll I'll start strong here by saying I'm very familiar with the Spice Girls as characters. Yeah. I think I know maybe five songs or less by the Spice Girls. I wasn't like a Spice Head. I'm sure that's what they were called. Yeah, Spice Rack. Yeah, Spice Rack. I wasn't a Spice Rack. I wasn't an All Spice. So I think that, I think, that I don't know my answer yet. So I'm going to parse through this with you. But I definitely know the, uh, what do I want to say? I do know the, the caricatures of the people that are named in the Spice Girls. Um, there is, okay, I think I have them all. So just to list them off, we've got Sporty Spice. Yes. We've got Scary Spice. Yes. We've got Baby Spice. Yes. We've got Ginger Spice. Yes. And we've got Posh Spice. You got it. Those are all five spices. Now, I think that also what might be fun here is to go through the diagnostics of what they might be, or it might be fun for me to tell you which Spice Girl I think you are. I definitely think I have my answer for you, so you can pick your own. I know my own, I, 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 or I've narrowed mine down to two. Talk through. I'm, I'm somewhere in between uh, Scary Spice and Posh Spice. And uh, Scary Spice is is probably closer to like if you were to see me in a show. In what way? In the like the the like energy way. Like think if you were to see me in comedy sports or to see me in like here an improvised musical. Yeah, improvised musical, and more like posh because she's just to me like the one that's like nothing to do with like oh, I'm posh and I dress in this just like yeah we have to address that part Rance because I think what you're doing is you're missing some elements here of why these people are or aren't you so if we go with scary spice yeah. scary spice first off lots of critiques of why scary spice is scary spice I think that's not I don't think that's not been that's treaded path I think on why is the only bipoc person on your your team scary other than that, I think the diagnostic they're going for with creating this character is that she's like sort of goth. I mean, she's supposed to be kind of goth. They're all pretty, pretty stupid when you think about it, but it's (laughs) like, but like, yeah, that's the point, right? Is they all are supposed to represent probably the fans that might be watching so that they can, they can refer to one of them being themselves an icon for themselves an avatar of their life. So if scary is goth, I guess she's also like, yeah, you're right. There is an energy to Scary that's kind of in your face. Like she's uh, she's not Daria goth. She is, yeah, like Vixen goth. Like she's she's kind of a, a fun, fun, uh, aggro, like menacing, I think is what they're trying to do. And I don't, I don't know if that's necessarily. And I don't think of her as goth at all. You don't? No. What, what do you think the scary aspect was? I think scary was their messed up way of defining. I don't give an f. I'm gonna. I'm like in your face. I say what I want. Uh uh. Breast. Oh oh. I see. So scary to you. Scary scary spice was like she commanded the stage and didn't take any like didn't take any shit. Yeah, she okay. been confident spice. Oh, I see. Well, that's already problematic from a female standpoint. Anyway, is why is this confident woman scene is terrifying. Yeah, they probably were like, you're the confident one. So you're going to be like, mm, bitchy spice? No, that's too much. How about scary spice? Yeah, that's great for BIPOC. Let's 
throw scary in there. Yeah, I don't love that. And I'm sure we're not the first nor the last to say it. I, I, I would assume Mel B, who was Scary Spice, I would think she'd have some problems with that as well. I'm curious to see if I can find right now anyone that like why was scary spice what she was like what's the impetus of scary spice because i think it would make a difference for what i would claim for you i just don't i don't know that to be true i thought that scary was supposed to be if you look at images of scary spice for instance she's in often in like leather or animal print yeah the the telltale sign of a goth (laughs) (laughs) fair enough fair enough but she's in like um much like Sporty Spice, like sort of like in the camera, which defends your take more than mine. But I think that that's what I don't get is that she's supposed to be scary in the way that she's like hardcore. How about that? That's the word I'm looking for. She's she's hardcore. Like she's she might be a little more like metal. Know what I mean? Like goth isn't the right word, but maybe she's a more ragey, like heavy metal kind of cat. Yeah. And that again, that's just like stage persona for me. I think I'm more in in typical life like posh only because she's like the quiet one like she's the oh i see the chill one i definitely don't think you're posh dang it you know why no because posh's whole demeanor was about basically couture it was about fashion it was she was she was so rich and she was so posh that she was like the i don't want to say snotty one but she was the a list yeah fashionista of the five sure Not that all of them weren't that but you get what i mean like there's a there's an energy there that seems to align with couture more than the rest i and to me that just feels like external i'm going internal only of like attitude yeah okay meaning that you think she's the i think because she's the quiet one like all the others are like Ooh, like they're all like maybe ginger would be the next i don't know how like talkative she is that's why I think Ginger is you. I think you're Ginger. Oh. Here's why. Okay. Here's yeah. my take on Ginger. And I don't know a ton about Ginger. And that's also why I think you might be Ginger. I know a lot about you, but I don't think that generally the public would. Okay. So Ginger is, she's she's pretty. All, all of them are pretty, but she's she's pretty. She's probably least known, but still adorable. Okay. Here's what here's what's interesting about her. She doesn't have a identified characteristic that makes her ginger. Ginger is a thing you see. Posh, scary, baby, and sporty are all like things they act like or do. And ginger is just a redhead. Yeah. So I don't know what they're going for with POV here. Like, what's the point of view on ginger spice? And for that reason, I feel like she might be the most normal of the five. Because she's just, she's just a person with red hair. And oddly enough, for like for Britain, that's typically how they view gingers. <laughs> it's like they're like, oh, well, that's true. That it's it's very. Well, I mean, at least our friends have kind of alluded to that from the UK that gingers are, you know, like the Weasleys. It's very, it's an outstanding thing. Whereas maybe here it wouldn't be that unusual. Which spice do you think you are? I don't know. I think I'm probably. Well, do you want to? I should I say what I think I am and then you tell me if I'm right or wrong? Yeah. I feel like I'm somewhere between probably it, it, going with your idea of scary. I now wonder if I'm part scary because 
I wouldn't have said it was confidence before. I would have said it was in your face punk before. Yeah. And I think that I'm probably part sporty because of maybe like the way I tend to kick around and I used to be an athlete and do sporty things. I, I don't do them as much now, but I think I, you know, I care about fun like that. Yeah. I would definitely not say baby. I'd say I, I was going to, I was going to say of the five, you are captain planet, meaning <laughs> like a little piece of each five. You think, okay. So go through why. Each but, if you if you would give me that honor. Yeah, but as you were saying it, I was like, no, not all of them. Well, but like, maybe not, there is. Maybe I'm just not aware of it. No, because not baby. Like baby is like I don't of the spice girls. You know how uh one direction Zane left and it all kind of crumbled apart. With the spice girls, I feel like if baby left, they'd be okay. Well, I don't know what baby I don't know who's the front person of each song, or and I think they pass the mic fairly equitably in mm -hmm. the old SGs. And uh, like, I don't think at least the early, if we're talking about like wannabe, right? Major hit, we're talking about wannabe. If you wanna be my lover, if we're talking about that song, they all have their section, which is very boy band, girl band. Mm -hmm. There's not one person singing in the front and the rest of them ooing like a Motown group where someone's the lead and then there's four behind them. So I, I think I think she probably had as much of a turn as anyone, but I just can't imagine anything. I feel like her her personality was probably was supposed to be I'm the baby of the group. But I think instead it was I'm like a little girl that like, meh, which yeah. is not appealing to me in any way at all. I, yes, I agree with that. And again, it's like, I don't know enough about the Spice Girls to be like, well, it's easy because baby, when she grew up, she grew up in Liverpool and blow it like. <laughs> yeah, not a Spice Rack. And I'm not going to deep dive on it. I'll be honest, because that's the fun of just making swift, swift, clean calls on the show. <laughs> not a show. I want to, I want to make sure that we don't. But I think that, so sporty for me, I, I'm, I'm saying is probably the forward not because of sports but because she was always like yeah yeah she was always like kicking and punching and being like hey everybody cha-cha and i think that i might have that personality the most yeah and that's pretty much your like standard catchphrase like if you see tara on the street she's <laughs> most likely to say hey everybody cha-cha it's not far off not far off uh I, yeah i'd say sporty i i agree with sporty with uh with heavy undertones of scary and light undertones of ginger I think I'm pleased with that. I, I think I'm pleased with that. I would say that you're ginger forward. <laughs> I think you're ginger forward with an undertone of scary yourself. Uh, so I can see how these leading, the spices mm -hmm. leading are very important. So I lead sporty with yeah. an undertone of ginger and scary. Whereas you lead ginger with an undertone of scary. The way that we're talking about this reminds me of like horoscopes of like, okay, you're scary with uh, in the house of ginger. Don't don't get in a relationship with a baby sporty. That's amazing. Mine reminds me of plating food where it's like, oh, or like wine. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, this this ginger forward Chianti has a sporty undertones where the sweat is inside the cup. Mm. Mm. Don't buy it. Ziga, ziga, ah. 
Uh, That's a great question. Who was that from? That was from Sean Olsta in Phoenix, Arizona. Sean Olsta. Thank you, Sean. If you're listening to this and you've uh, if you've figured out where you can comment on things, which should be pretty much anywhere you find this podcast, which Spice Girl do you think we are and why? I'd even say, which Spice Girl do you think you are and back it up with a paragraph of information on why? I would like to know more information of which archetype people believe they are and if they could support that with evidence, then maybe we'll learn something about the Spice Girls via those conversations. Oh, yeah. Hard evidence. As it's known. Hard evidence. With hard evidence. Thanks, Spice Racks. What's our next question, Tara? Question two. Question two. This is fun, Grant, because you said something just close enough to make me think that this this question is apropos for this episode. Can you hold for just a second? I love the word apropos. Oh, <laughs> I love the word apropos. I'm so glad it just came out like a fine wine. I just, I just said it. Um, from Julie Silverstein in New York. I'm walking over here. Mm, great impression. Thank you. Really locked it down, Rance. Yeah, I went to the Namdiem Way School of Accents. Mm, that's a deep cut for anyone that knows what that means. Uh, Julie Silverstein in New York asks, what was the best thing before sliced bread? Mm. So the expression as we know it is, that's the best thing since sliced bread. What was the best thing before sliced bread? Wow. Okay, so sliced bread... Sliced bread, it probably, let's see, let's try to narrow down when we think sliced bread happened. That'll help. Um, I have a history page up once we've done, once we've done this thinking. Okay. Okay. Uh, so let's see. Let's try and think about when, when sliced bread. Mm-hmm. I, I have some context that has nothing to do with the uh, page I just searched only because I saw it recently on social media. Okay, great. I believe that Betty White was born around the time that bread was sliced 18 nope <laughs> no way Betty yeah White. i think i actually remember seeing yeah. that too i feel like that was like the only it was a meme probably or something that basically kind of gave a frame of reference of time okay so she's in her 90s so tur- turn of the centuries ish you got it you got it and and i assume sliced bread means i go to the store i can get a loaf of bread that's sliced and not just wow you have a knife and bread and you cut it for me i don't think it's the first time someone hunkered into a loaf of bread i think it's they didn't just hunker in rants no we're talking about slicing here not hungry slicing we're not barbarians this is definitely a an orderly process done by a company i believe that probably offered sliced bread for maybe sandwiches or something I would like, I don't know what the origin is, but I feel like maybe that was the, it was probably the dawn of processing of food, meaning how can we make this more readily available to the public in a way they want to consume it rather than a hunk of bread from a bakery that you have to like rip apart. Right. Which in hindsight is like, isn't that always nice though, to have like a loaf of bread in a bag, put it in the basket on the front of your bike. Oh, you've got to ride a bike with a bread in it. Yeah, ride ride yourself 10 miles to Westgate Cinema and hunker down with a bread, loaf of bread and watch Ghostbusters. <laughs> These are all terms 
Yes, you have to hunker down with your bread, ride your bikes at Westgate Cinema, just like Rance back in back when he was just 54 years old when he went yeah. to go see Ghostbusters a long time ago. Yeah. I feel like, yeah, I think that that's the idea, basically a factory sliced loaf so that you could split the bread in a different way. Okay. If sliced bread is happening around, like, let's just say. Well, if 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 Betty White is 90 something, she's I think she's like 92, I'm guessing. Mm-hmm. 1920s to 1930s. Yes, 1920s to 1930s is my guess. And I would assume that means, wow, think about this. If it's the late 20s, stock market crash is just about to happen. Yeah. All these things are about to happen that are probably fairly paramount for the United States. You know what I don't know? I don't know that this was in the United States. Like was sliced bread first in the United States? My guess would be yes, because it's probably factory produced. And you know, we love it. Yeah, my guess is like the industrial age was like seemed to be booming over here. So probably someone invented a machine that kids could run and the kids with the uh, all the poor little children workers would slice up bread. Come on. <laughs> Come on, Rance. Hey, I'm not responsible for our nation's history. I don't know if we should get into like the Triangle Shirtwaist Factory fire or anything like that while we're talking about sliced bread. What? Come on, man. But I, I, I'm sure you're right. Labor conditions here probably sucked. I yeah. don't know that that has anything to do with sliced bread, but I don't also know that it doesn't. So, yeah, I think this time era that we're guessing is right on the money. I think it's very, I think it's probably like 1925 to 1930 is my guess. Yeah. Um, boy, what would be happening at that time? What's right before that? That's so awesome. So it's probably like flapper dresses and gilded age and flapper dresses those those uh those like music man hats you know what i'm talking about <laughs> those flat round hats that are made out of like straw or something or like barbershop know. quartet hats yeah yeah barbershop quartet hats <laughs> um spats let me just uh let me look at some how about this here's what i'm gonna say yeah, I'm gonna do us a, a solid here, and I'm gonna not look at when sliced bread was made, but I'm gonna look up some 1920s inventions. Okay, you go to the internet. I think it'll be fun because we don't have live streamers for this episode. This is a canned one. We're in the cans, so I'm going to tell you some things that are awesome from them, and you tell me what you think sounds good. Okay, but before you get there, I want to make a guess. I don't want it to be skewed yet. Oh, I skewing it because we're only looking for a resource list of what would be better in the time we're guessing it happened i just i just want to make a a guess without uh, too much knowledge okay and my guess is and i wouldn't say that it was necessarily thought so at the time but it should have been is uh that before sliced bread right before it it would have been um the best thing since women being able to vote because of suffrage in uh, 1920 um, they were able to vote right before. Then they got ruined because sliced bread came out right after. And then it was like, ah, well, this is pretty cool, too. You mean white women able to vote? Yes. Sorry. Yes. I mean, white women able to vote. <laughs> and also, congratulations on knowing it was 1920. That's very I'm, I'm surprised that you knew it was 1920. And I'm guessing your resource is probably Mary Poppins. No, it is not Mary Poppins. As a matter of fact, I am a historian. I study the path of the United States and I learned it from Schoolhouse Rock. There it is. I was like, there's got to be something that it's mentioned in that you were like, I am sure that women's suffrage will stay in my brain. But I still think it's good that you knew. 
And uh, let's 1920, Sisters Unite. Uh-huh. Look at that boy. Look at that boy go. Hey, what, what did you say then that you thought it was? You said... <laughs> white women's right to vote. This is the best thing since white women getting the right to vote. I, and I rescinded it because I was like, wow, what a what a narrow-minded way to think about it. <laughs> and also, uh, so and also along those lines, people who weren't white women were probably like, nah. Like people who weren't white were probably like, I don't know if this is the best thing of anything. And white men were definitely like, I don't think this is the best thing. Uh oh, yeah, I'm sure that wasn't well received yeah as as many things aren't that progress time or evolve us as a human humanity i was gonna say human race and humanity at the same time but humanity came out um hello are you a human i am a human i am excited about our progress (laughs) i'm gonna give you a list of things that was uh that were invented around this time period and you tell me which one jumps out at you as an awesome invention oh there's lots of them okay okay so between 1920 and 1930 here's a list of some things that are still used now okay the liquid fueled rocket that's it that's it (laughs) (laughs) uh bulldozers the lie detector test, which has definitely been debunked at this point, I believe. Did you know that lie detector tests were debunked? That people, it's, it only measures your adrenaline or heart rate. So people have figured out how to. I, I mean, it, every time I've seen it happen, I imagine you could, you could train yourself to not be stressed. and Exactly. Uh, Band-Aids were invented in 1920. I think that's too early. The automobile. Uh, that seems pretty big deal. Uh, w- with combustion engine was invented in 1920. I think looking at things invented in 1920 is, is I don't know if that's the best way to go about this because it's like, we still say that's better than sliced bread. Like I still hear that. And we're well past when it was invented. So like, what's the, what was the big thing that had been around? Like it's, it's like selling like hotcakes. Is it like hotcakes were the big thing? I'm having a hard time following your your argument. Can you explain? I'd say we shouldn't look at just moments before sliced bread. I'm saying we have to look at time before, like hundreds of years, perhaps. Like, what's what's the big thing that happened that that was popular enough to be in the nomenclature of? Wow, that's better than blank and whatever blank is whatever blank is probably didn't happen within a 10 year span of sliced bread it probably happened within a hundred year span of sliced bread ah but i also think this is a time when a lot of inventions were coming forward that were significant yeah so that's the the tough thing here that i'm going to tell you next is that television was invented right before sliced bread i don't think it gained popularity till much later though I don't know, but that's the invention. So it's like saying, you know, the internet was invented in probably the seventies really, but we didn't really have it till yeah. Prodigy in America online made it popular. Well, what do you think? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know that, that, uh, but if you're, if you're going your way and you're saying something more archaic, that was just significant I, to be honest with you. I don't think sliced bread is great. I think it's fine. And I think it's funny that we're kind of, we're kind of going back to a time where artisanal things are appreciated more than factory produced things. So when you say it's the best thing since sliced bread, I think, well, that could be a lot of things because sliced bread's fine. Yeah. 
So when you say that phrase to me, it makes me think it's okay. Because sliced bread, I know that's not the purpose of the phrase, but I'm just saying sliced bread to me is fine. I'm sure it was a wonder at the time. Literally, maybe an actual wonder bread at the time. Whoa. Should we look up the history? I'm curious now. I've got some good hot tips. Great. What are your hot tips? Here's what I'm excited about that I feel great about listeners and rants. I am impressed to tell you that we are right on the money with when sliced bread was invented. It was invented or it was greeted with an enthusiastic report, it says, on July 6th, 1928. We really crushed it. So uh, the follow-up of that being it it happened in Missouri, Chillicothe, Missouri, Chillicothe, but I know it's Chillicothe because there's one here in Ohio, uh, using a machine invented by Otto Rowetter, an Iowa-born Missouri-based jeweler. It was, here's the quote, okay? People, the general public noted that while some people might find sliced bread, quote, startling, I think that's amazing. Uh, oh, this bread. It's not one piece. How do I hunker into this? Oh, my hunkering. It says the typical housewife, oh boy, sick. The typical housewife could expect a thrill of pleasure when she first sees a loaf of this bread with each slice the exact counterpart of its fellows. Well, Please, dear man, as is your duty, with new Wonder Bread. Say, all these breads have bread mates of the same size. Even bread mates? Well, won't he be pleased? <laughs> Honey, I'm home. Bread? <laughs> Wait, is, is the guy's name bread? <laughs> no, she's offering it right away because she knows to have food ready, right? As soon as he gets back from work. Honey, I'm home. Bread? <laughs> Is that you? What are you doing here? <laughs> People liked bread so much. They were so startled because everyone was named bread at the time. Yeah. So True story. Funny. The name, uh, the popular name bread actually, uh, once, once bread lost popularity, uh, just changed to, most people changed it to Brett. <laughs> True story. True story. Make sure you know that. True story. Look, if we're nothing, if not just giving out incredible gems and factoids as we're able on it's not a show so just know that's super duper true yeah this is a kind of i I feel like for me this is kind of a weird episode because we've been like super sleuthing on the on the internet to uh to dig deep into these like typically we're 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 going all from a place of your the gut and common knowledge but we had to like you know this question demanded demanded (laughs) <laughs> and we know when sliced bread started, the history of it. So now that we've done this research, I can clearly say the thing that was more popular than sliced bread before sliced bread was hair tonic. Perfect. I'm going to say that the best thing since sliced bread before sliced bread was rocks. I crushed it. High five, Tara. High five. Man, rocks really held up for a long time, but this bread yeah. was long. It was sliced. Move over rocks. But you did a great job for a long time. Super cool. Move over rocks. Now there's something less hunker downer. <laughs> TM. Bread? TM. Bread, is that you? Oh, bread. Oh, bread. Oh, my goodness, Tara. I think that uh, I think we got another two questioner on our hands here. 
Oh yeah, it's done. We're done. We loved it. We loved it. I only planned for two because I figured this might happen with the research we had to do to make our uh, assumptions. You knew? Brad? Brad, is that you? Brad? Brad? <laughs> hey everyone, thank you for uh, for listening. This has been It's Not a Show. I thoroughly enjoyed doing this with you, Tara. This is like a very fun thing to do. I would say show, but it's not. Yeah, it sure is fun, isn't it? It's a joy. You're a joy. I, I love you. I also I I also just love talking to you about these things. Hey, also thank you, listeners. We love you too. Uh, yeah. It's so cool how many people have turned in questions. And if you want to do that, please just contact us via all the modalities you want to do so and send us a question. Yeah. Hey, here's something you can do. Go to our website, itsnotashow.com. Thank you so much for coming out to It's Not A Show, episode six. Please subscribe. Please follow us. Please review us. Please just enjoy your lives. That's all we will. Enjoy your lives. Thank you, everybody. We'll see you on seven.